Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This is Dr. Paul Fitzgerald welcoming you to another Grace Connection podcast sponsored by Heart Connection Seminars. This is a tool I recently shared, a tool for Heart Connection Living, with the uh, shared it with the Connect Group in Kansas City. Um, the emphasis was uh, on uh, learning to have enough self-awareness that we can shift from a lot of our reactive self-talk to um, more proactive self-talk. Um, we um, none of us can go back and uh, specifically change all of the talk that we were exposed to as we were children or teenagers. Um, and sometimes even today, we can't totally remember, remove ourselves from people who talk negatively. Um, sometimes we're in work situations where we need the job and we can't um, leave. And sometimes we have to set some boundaries. Uh, but um, we have limited control over what other people say. In truth, the most toxic talk that we are exposed to, in some ways, is our own self-talk. We talk to ourselves. Uh, it's not unusual for people to say something like, I was telling myself the other day, or I was just asking myself that question anyway. And it's always interesting to think about, okay, who's doing the asking and who is it who's doing the responding in that kind of a conversation? Uh, our thoughts, uh, our speech, uh, self-talk, um, they govern our inner state, our inner emotional state. And most of the time, we're not even aware of our thought patterns. Our thoughts are just there, and we seldom reflect on how they affect us emotionally or even physiologically. Years ago, when I was doing some seminars, I uh, had a little exercise I took people through where they stood and uh, closed their eyes, held out two arms, and I had them imagine uh, in the one hand they were um, holding a sack that had some uh, weight in it, uh, perhaps uh, water bottles, uh, these personal water bottles. And uh, there was one or two of them in that, uh, in that sack, so it was a little bit heavy. On the other arm, they imagined that I had just tied uh, helium balloons uh, to that arm. And then as I had them uh, imagine me adding more weight to the uh, bag side, and I tied more balloons on the other arm, and over time we add more weight and more balloons, and as I'm watching them, uh, one arm is sinking as if it was really a sack in their hand that was getting heavier, and the other arm was 
raising as if it was being pulled up by helium balloons, and it was all their imagination. Now, there were always one or two people who were struggling to resist that, and they were fighting, uh, moving their arms, but it took conscious effort on their part to not move their arms. And then I would have them open their eyes. They were all surprised about how far apart their hands were. Our imagination, our words, uh, are symbols of our imagination. And our words, and the words we're exposed to, affect us emotionally in ways that we don't always recognize. By making ourselves aware of our thought patterns, we can change them. Uh, this can be especially valuable when it comes to thoughts around problems you have had during a a long period of time, or that maybe they have burdened you for a while, or they've cost you a lot of time and energy. A great principle to realize is that while we have thoughts, we are not our thoughts. We have them. They don't necessarily have us unless we are over-identified with them. We have emotions, but we are not our emotions. We've had all kinds of emotions in our history. We've had all kinds of thoughts in our history. Some of them were wise, and some of them were smart, and some of them were foolish, and some were very off base. Unfortunately, most of us over-identify with our thoughts and feelings in a way that binds us uh, to uh, no distinction between ourselves and them. We don't uh, step back and observe ourselves having thoughts and feelings. We get caught up in them. And, and often when we have a, um, a thought, a feeling, it generates uh, perhaps for some of us a little video picture. Some of us can imagine that more than others. But a little emotional video picture that if we get caught up in it enough and worried about it enough and trying to figure out it enough and analyze it enough, it turns into an emotional video scene, and then we're able to add another scene to it, and then pretty soon we have another scene to it, and pretty soon we have a full-length movie in our head, uh, and none of it is actually true. We just have got caught up so much, and we have the emotional impact of this video we played in our head as if it was real. Some, some days uh, I ask people who are maybe a little older if they remember seeing the movie Jaws for the very first time. And of course, if you saw it when it first came out, you remember it. In fact, in those days, uh, people were so scared they were going to therapists because they were afraid to get in the bathtub after watching Jaws. Uh, now, if you've seen it recently, it really looks hokey. It looks like, why, didn't we, why were we ever afraid of that? But at the time, it created a lot of fear. And what we know is that when we experience that fear, even in a movie, it has the same emotional impact as if it was real. So the toll is taken on us as if we were have actually had the experience ourselves. The skill of disidentifying with our thoughts and feelings uh, can be learned. It can be learned and we can preserve that distinction that I am more than my thoughts or my feelings. 
And this has the potential to change our self-talk to proactive possibilities from reactive possibilities. That's one of the goals of the contemplative um, prayer and mindful prayer uh, emphasis I'm going to be launching this year for the Heart Connection community. What I want you to do is um, I want you to, um, if you can, as you listen to this, if you care to, close your eyes and I want you to think about a problem. Um, some problem that's real for you. It could be small or irritating or it could be a huge cumbersome problem uh, that you've been struggling with a long time. But I want you to close your eyes and just imagine some problem that you really would like to be solved and it's just really a problem for you. And uh, just let yourself kind of reflect on how the problems affected you, where it came up. And I want you to listen to um, the following questions that I'm going to read and um, focus on your answers and just answer more spontaneously than, than not. And don't overanalyze the answers, but just let the answers come up. And in this um, dialogue, I'm going to pose as your inner voice, your inner self-talk, the questions that we often find ourselves asking ourselves about problems in our life. And just become aware of your reactions and your responses to them. First, what is the real problem here? And what's wrong with me that I'm having this problem? Why do I have this problem? Who, who's the cause of this problem? I wonder how long this problem's been going on. It seems like a long time. How is this problem sucking the life out of me? I want to know who's really at fault here. When I think about this problem, oh man, what what are the memories you have about the problem and it's how it's affected you? So just reflecting on those questions as if they were your self-talk. Maybe you can identify with those questions. They're pretty typical. Let yourself experience what your body experienced as you were thinking about the questions and your answers. Most of us have responses to those questions. and We find ourselves feeling dread um, sometimes anger, sometimes upset. Sometimes we actually find our bodies tensing up. Uh, uh, maybe um, a sense of anxiety, um, dread in thinking about them. And so that's a physiological reaction to those questions. But those questions are very typical of the questions most of us ask ourselves when some kind of problem presents itself. I want you to notice the the assumptions uh, behind those questions related to the word should. Uh, in BT, we talk a lot about shame, and should is always a clue that shame is somewhere lurking. Uh, I think one of the assumptions behind the questions might be, um, I should not have problems like this. As if I 
should be exempt from problems like this. Or, um, I should have known better than try or hope for something better. Or, um, my life should be different and problem-free. How about, I should be exempt after all things I've done for other people, for God, for whatever. A lot of should questions there. The implication of the questions is that somehow our worth and our value is tied to this, having the circumstances of the problem. And so we get caught up in it and we get emotionally hooked by it and often blinded by the emotions of it in order to try to salvage our worth and our value. So those are the reactive kind of questions we find ourselves trapped in. If we can become aware that that's a pattern we fall into, we could learn to stop and ask ourselves a different set of questions. That is, to talk to ourselves in a different way, ways that we would perhaps like others to talk to us. So, to try it on for size, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes again. You can think of the same problem, or you may have thought of a different problem to work through. And um, think about the impact on your life and how long you've kind of put up with it. And I'm going to, um, again, pose as your self-talk. And uh, I want you to listen to your own talk and let yourself respond uh, and feel how you're responding and feel how your body reacts to these questions. What is it I really want from this situation? How do I really want to be with this situation? Do I want to be upset? Do I want to be upset, unsettled by it? Do I want to be crushed by it? Do I want to be calm? How do I want to be? How do I want to choose to act in this situation? Uh, do I want flight or fight or find some creative possibility? How do I want to feel in this situation? When do I want to be with some change in the situation? When do I want to do that? And, and how will I know when it's time to start changing it? When I can change it, what other things in my life will benefit from shifting it? What are some resources I have that can help me change? How can I start implementing those choices? What's the first resource I can use as a first step to activate a move forward and transforming this situation? Take a minute, reflect on the answers you've had, Reflect on the emotions, the feeling of your answers, and any body awareness you have or sensations. As you emotionally responded to that, 
I suspect it wasn't as depressing, as discouraging, uh, as limiting as the first set of questions, the reactive questions. Uh, when I asked a question at uh, Connect on uh, Tuesday night, one of the responses was that uh, this set of second set of questions takes my self-esteem out of the focus. It's not about me. It's about the problem. It's about focusing on it. There are, there are no shoulds involved in this. There are coulds and can. Shifting our self-talk away from should to could and can is a huge improvement in our self-talk. When we're able to say, I can deal and learn from facing problems like this. Or, uh, I can learn from this experience to create what I really want. How about, I can deal with problems and people creatively. Or, um, I can choose to be my best self in the middle of trying circumstances. Once again, reflect and compare these two different results from the two different self-talks. The first one, probably depression, <laughs> uh, anger, upset. And the second one, uh, some creative possibilities and uh, options, a place to move from. Now, the first set of questions are not, I don't want to demonize them. Uh, there's, there's some important questions to ask about what's going on, what's the reality of the situation. And sometimes we don't like to face reality. Sometimes reality just, it sucks. But when, once we can clarify reality, then we can begin to be creative. So it isn't about uh, never asking the questions that are labeled reactive, but it's about not getting stuck there. In fact, some of us can find ourselves habitually in patterns of staying stuck in those questions because they really help us to avoid dealing with the harder accountability of becoming creative and responding to it. It can be like um, spinning our wheels in quicksand when the gas is moving out of our car and we're exhausted, but we're not moving an inch forward. And yet we can justify and feel like we're really doing something. By shifting to the proactive questions and accepting the accountability that comes with them, it can be a little scary, can be a little frightening, um, and a little risky, and yet that is the path toward creating the life we really want. What I'm really talking about here in a, in a larger sense is an um, experience of detachment in the uh, spiritual language, the spiritual formation. Um, detachment is a, is a big issue. Um, detachment is not about repressing feelings. It's not about pushing them down. It's not about being Pollyanna. It's not about being in denial. Uh, detachment simply means I am detaching my worth and my value from the circumstances of my life. Some of us have been taught, uh, and in, at least we've heard and inferred, that the circumstances of our life 
dictate whether God is blessing us or whether God is not blessing us. And yet, um, Jesus made it really clear that that line of reasoning and line of thought didn't hold up. Um, He was very clear that his Father makes it rain on the just and the unjust, uh, so the rain doesn't prove whether someone's just or unjust. Uh, And yet we fall into a trap when we uh, begin to believe that circumstances define our worth and our value. Detachment's not about discounting ourselves, or um, uh, it's it's not what we have. You don't have to, it's not about uh, giving up everything physically. Detachment is about choosing to not allow what we have to have us. To have us. One of the uh, things I shared with the uh, Connect group was that in my contract, uh, there's the word um, humble. And frankly, it can be a little uh, off-putting to hear somebody talk about being humble. And I never want people to be off-put, but that's a word that came up in my contract, and it's been my part of my contract for a long time. The way I defined humble is that it's about knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and knowing that neither one determine your worth and your value. That's a place of freedom. That's a place of peace. That's a place of empowerment. When we get our worth and our value attached to circumstances, we are at the mercy of things over which we rarely have real control. I shared with the group that I had been meditating on um, John 13, the first few verses for a little bit. And um, in that scene, uh, Jesus is uh, preparing to go into the teaching uh, to the disciples before he um, is uh, captured and taken and crucified. And uh, John 14, 15, 16, 17 are all that story. But the the verse begins with uh, uh, that Jesus, just in preparation for Passover, knew, came to know that it was time for him to return to his father. I thought that was a fascinating phrase to to read. Uh, I had just been to a funeral of a friend from Arkansas who uh, um, also told someone that she knew uh, well that um, she was going to pass away this month. She'd been sick for couple of years, and uh, we all hoped that she would stay with us, but it was a pretty predictable course, and uh, we weren't sure how long it would go. And she just told her friend, I I know I'm going to pass away in April. And her friend uh, asked her how she knew that, and she said, well, uh, God told me that. It's going to be April. I thought it might be May, but it's going to be April, just pretty matter-of-factly. When you think about a a death sentence. It's uh, it's an amazing thing to have a calmness about that, to have uh, your uh, wits about yourself, uh, to have to keep that in perspective. Another verse in in John a little later on says uh, that um, Jesus knew he the Father had given him all power, 
and that he knew who he was from, that he was from the Father, and he knew he was going back to the Father. Again, I find that quite fascinating. The phrase, uh, the Father had given him all power, and you can interpret that very uh, philosophically, metaphysically, I, I think from a, from a real human perspective, um, it was a place of uh, peace. Uh, you see, he, he knew he was from God, and he had the word that he was beloved. He was the love son, as we all are. And he knew he was returning to God. You know, when we know who we are, and we know we're loved by God, and we know, in a faith kind of way, we know we're going to return to God, um, there are a lot of circumstances in life and problems that really diminish in size and scope. And there's, a, there's an old saying that um, no one is more dangerous than someone who really knows who they are and knows where they're going and it's like they could care less. Now that can be a real dangerous thing or it can be a really proactive thing, a really positive thing, a really place of freedom. That I know who I am and I know whose I am and I know where I'm going. That kind of attitude can change our life can change our self-talk, and can stop us from poisoning ourselves with our reactive self-talk. That's my hope and my desire for each and every person um, hearing this audio, and whether you're in the BT community or whether you're not. And I thank you for listening to me. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.